2: Morning. You're about to enter the arena and join the battle to save America with your host, Sean Parnell. News right now Kevin McCarthy was just ousted as the Speaker of the House in this crazy knockdown, dragout fight on the House floor to in a motion to vacate the Speaker of the House. It's, it's, it's an historic vote, really. Uh, I, I'm frustrated for a lot of reasons, but we'll get into that in a second. Uh, today, I'm super psyched. Uh, I've got Rich Barris, the great and savage Rich Barris, coming on the show uh, very, very shortly to break down all the insider baseball. And, of course, you love Rich Barris if you're if you, if you are in the trenches uh, in the platoon uh, as part of this show then you know rich bear as well and i know he's a favorite of all of yours so we're really psyched to have him and by the way if you're if you're a follower of rich Barris, make sure to subscribe to my channel battleground live um and if you're here uh, as part of parnell's platoon make sure that you subscribe to rich bearish's channel the people's pundit on rumble we're both on rumble um we both like each other. We're both army guys. So we both believe sort of the same things. And I think Rich agreed to come on the show like maybe once a week, once every two weeks. So, again, we're building something special. Rich Barris will be here to react to all this crazy, crazy house speaker stuff here in a little bit. Uh, but I want to just jump right into it. Um, I, I I told you at the top of the hour that I am a, a little bit frustrated with all this. And I am. Um, you know, if you followed me from from. In either of my political campaigns, you know that one of my greatest frustrations is that when Republicans are in power, they oftentimes screw it up and they fail to wield that power effectively. Now, I I understand that the Republican Party, by and large, uh, doesn't represent the base well. And it, it frustrates the hell out of me. I know it frustrates the hell out, out, out of a lot of you as well. Um, and, and by the way, I agree. I, I know Matt Gates. I know him. He's a good guy. I know Kevin McCarthy. He's a good guy as well. I know both, both sides of their argument. Um, for, for Kevin McCarthy, he's just... <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, he's just really, really frustrated for what Matt Gates did to him uh very early on uh last year when he was running for speaker, the 15 votes and everything else, which ultimately I think debates like that on the House floor are actually good for our country, good for the American people to see that process. I think it's good that things are earned and not giving for the most given for the most part. So I like to see. Uh, That debate over who should be speaker. Do I think it should have gone on for 15, 16 votes? No, I don't. I thought that was a little bit tedious. But nevertheless, McCarthy clearly has personal animus against Gates because of that. Uh, And Gates clearly has personal animus uh, against McCarthy for rekindling. Now, again, the Speaker of the House is not responsible for ethics investigations. Right. But they can wink, wink, nod, nod and 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 steer things in the right direction from behind the scenes. Of course, because, of course, that's just how the political system works in Washington. So the Biden DOJ kill uh, doesn't prosecute Matt Gates on anything. And by the way, that should tell you something. The Biden DOJ prosecutes any Republican for anything, even if there's the slightest bit of evidence so that tells you everything you need to know about the evidence against Matt Gates. There's clearly nothing. But strangely, as that investigation stops, there's a House Ethics investigation in, into Matt Gates that was rekindled shortly after that. That clearly, clearly, if you got kids around, go with go earmuffs here real quick. But that clearly pissed off Matt Gates, and frankly, uh, that to me is the core of of why this all is happening. I mean, at the end of the day, I think this is they, they these two people, Kevin McCarthy, Matt Gates. I think they don't like each other now. I understand the policy discussions on either side of this. Well, I understand where Kevin McCarthy's coming from. I, I understand where Matt Gates is coming, is coming from as well. In fact, it's hard to disagree with any of Matt Gates's policy standpoints on this issue. However, okay. And I'm, I talked to you all about this yesterday and even some of you called me a Rhino, which like, if you think that I'm a Rhino, <laughs> I got nothing for you because I am the, the, the total opposite of that. Um, but but as far as as far as Matt Gates is concerned, I like him. I agree with all his, his policy positions on this. What I disagree with is the mess, the, the tactical, the tactics of all of it, the method by which he's doing this. You know, it's not like we have a 20 seat majority in the House of Representatives. It's not like we have a veto proof majority in the House of Representatives. We don't. And what bothers me is that we have a razor thin margin. Republicans are fighting out there in the open while Democrats who, who, like, have like what, like, are five seats down? Like, all it takes is five Republican votes to flip or thereabout, and then Democrats win on certain issues. So, again, a razor thin, razor thin margin in the House of Representatives. But you've got Democrats taking pot shots, talking smack the entire time. And I can't, I can't wrap my mind around, and this is something that, that I really struggle with, where you have, I think, I think there are eight Republicans now who voted to to oust Speaker McCarthy, but only eight Republicans did that. The vast every single Democrat, again, they didn't break ranks. They they voted also to oust Speaker McCarthy. So it's at the end of the day, you have a very, 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 very small minority of Republicans voting to oust Speaker McCarthy and the vast majority of Democrats who did it as well. And I just can't I can't wrap my mind around that. I don't like that. Something about that really bothers me on almost any other issue. Those Republicans would be branded as outsiders of the party. I mean, think about the Obamacare vote and John McCain, just as he left the Senate, uh, voted for Obamacare, thereby betraying his constituency, betraying his state um, and really spitting in the face of Donald Trump, who is who is a newly minted president at that time. I mean, people loathe John McCain for that vote. I mean, this this is to me, I kind of it's a similar thing. I, if you're going to go toe to toe with the Speaker of the House and disagree with him on many procedural issues. OK, again, I agree with Matt Gates in principle and on all of these policy things. So I would just advocate for, for Matt Gates and others who are in his position to have what I like to call tactical patience. You know, the, the whole idea that you don't rush into a kill zone. You might come out alive. You might come out victorious, but you're going to come out battered, bruised, and wounded in the process. There's a better way to do what Matt Gates is doing. and uh, But in, in, in fairness to both sides, I want you to hear what both of these people have to say. And I think I've got a, a, a solution as to how to move forward, but I guess that ship has sailed at this point because McCarthy's already ousted as, as speaker for now. But I want to play you this video of Paul Ryan because I want you to because I'm, I'm hoping that this will remind you of the time when Paul Ryan was actually Speaker of the House and Republicans controlled the House of Representatives, the United States Senate and the executive the executive office, the executive branch of, of our country as, as President Donald Trump as president. We squandered. We squandered everything. We squandered those majorities. And Paul Ryan, as a weak speaker who didn't even want to be speaker was responsible for that clearly and he's he's by the way it's just as as this motion to vacate has sort of has sort of been on the forefront of everybody's mind now for the for the vast majority of yesterday and today paul ryan is back in the news cycle talking so let's go ahead and roll this tape of paul ryan and see what this idiot has to say
3: now i'm hoping we get past donald trump by say january (laughs) you know after iowa new hampshire maybe south carolina um, if you're a betting person, if you go to the Vegas odds, I'm sure they're saying he's probably get the nomination. I still think there's a reasonable chance he doesn't get the nomination.
1: If not, Trump, who on the Republican side of the well, aisle?
3: And frankly, I, I don't know who it's going to be, but, but I, I think you'd, you'd say Haley, Scott, um, Pence, or DeSantis right now. But I don't, that's his odds. If any one of them gets the nomination, I think they win the presidency.
2: Ugh, talk about a man out of his time like there's oh god it's so frustrating and and so this is i i completely understand where matt gates is coming from because the establishment republican party does not represent its base well okay people like paul ryan have completely alienated the party from the base and with comments like that it's it's fairly easy to see why where he's talking about any one of these people can beat joe biden i i I frankly, I don't agree with that, and I think the polling bears that out as well. in fact, I think the person who's best positioned to win and it's no surprise to anybody listening to this but it's donald trump i mean he's it, the guy's by far the most electrifying political figure uh in my lifetime. he's polling that better than he was in twenty sixteen and twenty twenty and even better than he than he was in twenty twenty two um so I think Trump is stronger than ever. Um, but I want you to also watch this video because I want to get the rich bears and get his reaction to all of this. I want you to hear what what Matt Gates said on the steps of the Capitol last night. And again, folks, I'm going to reiterate, I don't agree. I don't disagree with a single damn thing he says here. OK, I just disagree with the tactics. I don't I. I I don't think that there's any championship football team or any championship sports team that survives with such public fighting, especially while your political enemy or your rivals are sitting there on the sidelines laughing and, and prodding you all the while. That's not a recipe for success. There's a better way to do this, uh, but go ahead and play this. Frankly, I think it's a it's a it's. It, it got me fired up listening to Matt Gaetz talk about this stuff because, as I mentioned to you before, I agree with him. But let's go ahead and listen to what Matt Gates had to say last night.
0: If you were to move forward,
4: if there were to be any kind of agreement, what would that look like and what would you need to see from the speaker at
1: this moment? I think the dies cast based on the motion I just filed. I think the time for that discussion would have been over the last several weeks. But instead, we, we saw the speaker continuing. To, I mean, the speaker did not just fail to remediate the breach of the agreement with you made with us in January, he accelerated the instances of breach. Like after I laid out the breach, he went and violated the 72 hour rule. After I laid out the breach, he violated the 100 million, uh, no amendment suspension rule. So he he seems to, to be reverting to the very unfortunate muscle memory of Washington, DC, that has put our nation atop a $33 trillion debt that has led to $2 you know, $2 trillion annual deficits in our near future and the rapid global de-dollarization of the economy. When you look at the BRICS system, you know, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, they're moving away from the dollar. And just in August, they added six new countries, including G20 country uh, economies in the Western Hemisphere and Gulf monarchies. Uh, moreover, you've see, you saw U.S. news say that the number one economic trend of 2023 is de-dollarization globally. This worries me. You all get all worked up that there's going to be some uncomfortable chaotic moment that I'll feel pressure from conservatives or democrats or whomever. I feel the judgment of history. I feel the weight of that. I worry that when the history books are written about this country going down, that my name is going to be on the board of directors here. And if this country's going down and if we're losing the dollar, I am going down fighting. And I don't care if that means fighting Republicans, Democrats, the Uniparty, the leadership, the PACs, the lobbyists. I've had it. I've been here seven years. We don't have a budget. We haven't had one since the mid 90s. I am through with it. I apologize for using that word, but the only path forward here is to have single subject spending bills that can be reviewed, amended, considered. And I think that is the responsible way that our legislatures all over this country operate for good reason. Mr. President, how many Republicans do you have with you in, in the, the House? You to Kevin McCarthy's claim
0: that this is ethical
1: I am the most investigated man in the United States Congress. I have been cleared by the FBI, the DOJ, the Federal Elections Commission by a 5-0 vote. It seems that the Ethics Committee's interest in me waxes and wanes based on my relationship with the Speaker. I believe that Speaker McCarthy is trying to signal to the ethics committee to pursue me. When I gave my Sunday interviews yesterday indicating that I intended to file this motion to vacate Speaker McCarthy, hours did not pass before Republicans and members of the ethics committee were background reporters that they wanted to expel me from the United States Congress for bringing a motion to vacate under the rules that we negotiated in January after Kevin McCarthy broke his word. They want to expel me for Congress from that. So uh, you know what? I'm built for the battle. I face down tougher than these folks, and I'll do it again. Mr. Gates, how many?
2: Okay, so clearly you can tell that Gates is is fired up. He this is personal. He does not like those ethics ethics investigations into him. By the way, and I I completely agree. Um, I'll say this. You know, Gates is is upset, and ultimately. Why they killed Scott Perry's bill, which was the initial budget bill for, for this year, the, the initial omnibus bill, which, again, I'm no fan of omnibus bills. OK, I get it. Um, but Scott Perry is one of the most conservative members of the House. He's the chair of the House Freedom Caucus. That bill was was by and large written and negotiated and pushed by him. It was it was a conservative bill. Uh, Gates killed that bill. I I don't like that he killed that bill because now we're left with some garbage 45 day continuing CR that's with all the radical left spending still crammed in it. And ultimately, it was what some are calling a backroom deal between Kevin McCarthy and Democrats to to pass that bill for 45 days to give him more time to negotiate. But I I, again, when you look at. okay, so Matt Gates and company are mad at Kevin McCarthy for doing that, having 100 plus Democrats vote for a bill. But then how do you square that with ousting Kevin McCarthy by having eight Republicans vote to oust him and every single Democrat? It, it seems to me that that there's it takes some logical gymnastics. You can't live in both worlds, is my point. And and moreover, it, there's there's a sacrosanct House Republican conference rule that states that the motion to vacate should only be available with the agreement of the Repu- the, the Republican conference so as not to allow Democrats to choose the speaker that rule is meant to ensure that when republicans are in the majority democrats cannot choose a speaker now matt gates like i i I love the guy but he violated that rule he just did um i don't like doing that kind of stuff i don't like airing of dirty laundry out there while our enemies our political enemies can see it all again agree with him in principle disagree with him on tactics um and by the way there's a better time there's a better time to go at Speaker McCarthy. If you want to have these conversations, let's get full swing into the the impeachment inquiry. Let's get full swing into funding border security or building the wall. Let's get full swing into stopping fentanyl from pouring into this country. Let's subpoena Hunter Biden. Uh, let's do all of that stuff first. We have the, the House Republicans I mean, have the momentum right now. And to me this this uh, it frustrates the hell out of me because here here again, we don't control the executive branch, we don't have a majority in the Senate, we have a majority in the House. And I just feel like we're squandering it all over again. We could be using this time to take the fight to the Democrats. Instead of that, we're empowering the Democrat majority in the House. And if you don't believe me, Take Matt Gates and take Kevin McCarthy out of your minds. Just put him on the sidelines. I don't care where you stand on the issue. And I also realize the vast majority of you are probably with Matt Gates. I sure as hell know that Brock is. Brock is really frustrated with the process, and rightfully so. The vast majority of Republican voters are frustrated with, with, with the process. I get it 100%. I'm with you. But the Democrats are celebrating. What does that tell you? They like when we're weak. They like when we're fighting each other because when we are in disarray here, they can get away with damn near everything that they want. And that's exactly what's happening. Um, And so, uh, so on the flip side of that, as I already told you, Speaker of the House doesn't technically he's not. Technically in charge of or in control of who conducts an in, in ethics investigations, but he can certainly send signals of, of, of who is in charge. And McCarthy should send a signal right now to end this BS investigation into Matt Gates, or at least publish the results to get this cloud out from over this guy's head. It's completely unfair. Republicans shouldn't be conducting lawfare against other Republicans. And ultimately, it's this personal fight between the two. It's the reason for all this drama and distraction that we're facing that we have now on the House floor. If the Biden DOJ declined to prosecute, that should tell you something. So it's frustrating to me that Republicans are stabbing each other in the back, left and right. Uh, And when we do that, not just our party and our movement. Not only does it hurt our party and our movement, it hurts our country because these Democrats are crazy. If, if, you, if you don't believe that we are in the midst, we, because we are in the midst of, of a great cultural revolution being led by these communist mouth-breathing Dems in the House and in the Senate and in the White House, then you are wrong. And every single second that we are distracted from that mission of stopping them is a second that they are closer to the wholesale destruction of this country and everything that we hold dear. Because believe me when I tell you that that's exactly what they're focused on. And so, look, I got Rich Barris here. I don't want to wait even another second to bring him on. Uh, Let's bring on uh, Savage Rich Barris is here with me, I hope. I hope Savage Rich comes out tonight, as Brock said. And I want to read something to you, you. You tweeted something out. I want to read that back to you, and I want you to react to it. And I thought, uh, as usual, it was it was super interesting. You said on Twitter moments after McCarthy uh, the, was ousted as speaker. You said the motion to vacate passed two hundred sixteen to two hundred ten. Kevin McCarthy has been ousted as speaker. One, if McCarthy acted on political weaponization, perhaps Trump would have been. To, Trump's would not. Trump would not have been too busy and unwilling to save them Two mccarthy and mcconnell mcconnell sabotaged maga in 2022 to avoid this very outcome it's fascinating stuff man
4: well thanks for having me on as always sean you know i just don't and i i get this is you know personally my own feelings this is a tough spot for me because i i'm like you and i think like a strategist yeah. house divided cannot stand brother I know. You, exactly. Know. Exactly. you know yeah so But at the same time, I'm a pollster now and I listen to voters all the time. So I can't help but to I can't help but to at least point out that they're in this position because of their own fault. You know, they they are here because they're not serious people. Dirt folks during the vote, somebody jumped up and said, pull the fire alarm. (laughs) <laughs> this is why we're in the position we're in I mean, the, the circus is in the Congress It has been for a long time You have Fox News correspondents Idiot tools who eat $200 lunches in D.C. every day <laughs> Pretending to represent the Republican voter Saying, oh, you know, this is uh because the rank and file Has been at war with leadership It's the exact opposite tool The leadership has been at war with the rank and file forever Sean, forever, for as long as I've been in this business, they lie to their voters to get elected. You brought up John McCain before. What a great example. Paul Ryan squandered Republican full control of government in 2016, which by the way, in 2017, which, by the way, they never would have won without the guy he hates so much. Right. And right. he goes up to the <laughs> microphone and he says, I heard a, he heard a voice that none of us heard. And now I hear that voice, too. And we're going to respond to it It was the biggest crock of you know what I think I've ever seen a politician spew. And then he went right back to stabbing Donald Trump and the voters in the back. John McCain spent the last couple of days of his life putting his disgusting, crusty old man finger down to break a seven year (laughs) campaign promise that Republicans gave voters winning majorities in Congress with that promise just to spite Donald Trump because he's a tiny little man. This is what we're dealing with. And I understand Gates' point of view, and I understand the voters' point of view, and I also understand, frankly, even McCarthy's point of view. The guy has a few-vote majority. He's trying to give everybody um, you know, uh, in, enough to, to hold the glue together. But this last one, I mean, you got to get out of that town once in a while, Kevin. You all do. If you didn't realize that with the border, I mean, even Elon Musk is there last weekend talking to Border Patrol. This is an invasion and he forsakes them and makes sure he, he, he what, rubs elbows with Biden quietly to make sure that Ukraine is funded? I mean, mm-hmm. Sean, I, I mean, there's I, only I, so many times you can I, drive toward the wall before the car doesn't stop in time. Okay, so I,
2: I – so – so before we move on, I got a so if you're if you're with us right now, folks, if you're watching my show and this is the first time you've seen Rich Barris, I didn't get him on the thumbnail because Rich confirmed uh, before we had already posted the episode. But make sure you go and like and subscribe to People's Pundit page. Um, he's an amazing guy, and if you're watching this show now uh, and you're new, uh, obviously subscribe to my page, but like this. Like this video because Rumble notices that stuff. And if Rumble notices, it helps us get advertisers, both of us. And the more advertisers that we get, the more content that we can give you. And especially for Rich, the more polling he can do. And that's good for not just the people who are watching and listening to this, but also for for the country because they'll be better informed about what's going on. Um, Okay, Savage Rich. (laughs) <laughs> give us a sense of give us a so we it was initially projected that only six republicans would yeah. uh vote to oust the speaker but it looks like eight did do you have do you have those names handy i know it was obviously matt gates i mean i know eli crane was was one of them but uh mace. bob good was one of them
4: <laughs> mace was a, a a big a bit of a surprise uh for people uh yeah, so let me make sure i get them all it was mace Burchett, crane bob good Eli Crane, Matt Gates, and I mean, pro- probably the audience will even help us out a little bit. I did have them all. Yeah, I just want I- to have them right in front of me. But Mace was on the line. I mean, it was like two o'clock, and it was clear that she she was, you know, leaning towards vacating the chair. And uh it was like 45 minutes before three. Finally get, oh, I don't know. i kind of wishy-washy still. But just something about it, Sean, led me to believe she was gonna be a yes. So I wasn't surprised, uh, but she was. Uh, Sparks was a no. Uh, Stefanik was a no. Although Stefanik really wasn't in doubt, Sparks was. Um, you know, eight is a bigger number than I think a lot of people thought. I thought, you know, it was, we were really looking at six solid ones. And uh, you know, again, I, I really, I got, I know it's a tough question for people to ask but or answer, but I really just got to point out that eight is more than we thought. This is a historic day. This hasn't happened in more than 100 years when, uh, what's his name? Joseph uh, Gunny Cannon. He was a Republican from mm-hmm. Illinois. He was a speaker. He basically dared the Congress. They were like, you know, he was like, you don't like me? Vote, vote to vacate the chair. I don't care. And he was like <laughs> one of those old, hard, hardcore, old school Republicans from the twentieth century, 19th century. And he won that vote. So this is the first time in history McCarthy's also the shortest serving one. Uh, so, or or no, shortest second, shortest serving. So I think I mean, it might be the short, deal. I, think, I think it might be the shortest, shortest I serving. Think it's the second. I I, I to, I'll I'll make sure I get I'll make sure I get that for people on on Twitter later because there is one more that I'm 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 thinking is on the line. Uh, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. And I think it's like enough history that we pause and ask ourselves, well, why? How did we get here? And of all the time I've ever been a pollster, something always jumped immediately out at me. Democrats, you know, always when we do congressional leaders, their favorability ratings, Democrats uh, may be unpopular. Take somebody like Nancy Pelosi when she was the speaker. She had one of the worst combined unfavorable ratings. Mitch McConnell (laughs) always had the highest, very unfavorable, but she had the worst combined. And it was solely due to like universal hatred among Republicans and a solid majority of independents. But Democrats circled the wagon. They like their show. always, right? So, so, right? So, so the, rich. Where do yeah. where do we go from here? This
2: is what well, frustrates the me with Republicans. Republicans put their foot in their mouth and then they shoot themselves in the foot. That's and
4: not, yeah, yeah. I
2: mean, what, this what, is, so, it it looks like it could be. I, it, well, obviously, the Dems are going to nominate Hakeem Jeffries, and then there's was- going to be another 15, 16 votes. But I don't think McCarthy is going to step down. I mean, the guy's got well over the support. The vast majority, over 200 Republicans support this guy. Where do we go? And and does, yeah. does yeah. this does the, do these many up and coming votes? Does it lead to McCarthy going to Gates and say, OK, I'm going to give you more concessions on, say, border security? and Or, hey, how about this? I'm not going to give the Democrats a House vote on aid to Ukraine. I mean, does he make concessions to to Gates? Because McCarthy has already uh, said very publicly that I don't care if he gets, I don't care if I get ousted as Speaker. I'm not making any concessions to the left.
4: This is where the this this is where I had a a break with this, you know, personally with this plan. It's like. Well, what's the end game? And I went to some of my, uh, you know, my MAGA friends, you know, uh, War Room lovers. <laughs> yeah, I, MAGA brothers. Yeah, got yeah, it, got it. MAGA brothers. And they're like, look, you know, <laughs> we can bully Jim Jordan a lot easier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jim but Jordan Rich,
2: said- Rich, Jim Jordan doesn't. Jim Jordan, I can tell you unequivocally, he does not want the job. He's no one of the sir. Republican. He he's one of the few Republicans that can ask clear, direct questions and not grandstand at some of these oversight committee meetings in our judiciary. Uh, he's extremely effective.
4: He's he's better used there. He doesn't want the job. He does not want it. It seems like the speakership when you're a Republican is basically the kiss of death, the end of your career. Uh, There are people calling, I kid you not, and I don't know if I should. Yeah, I'm just going to say it. If he yells at me, he yells at me. There are people calling David Giglio and asking him to run against Kevin McCarthy right now. Uh, So like, you know, this is unbelievable because it's like you become the speaker. It's uh, an aspiration of yours, and then it winds up destroying you. And so, if you're Jim Jordan, you're anybody. You don't want it. So I just didn't see the end game here. Although, again, I understand from the voter and the basis point of view, this is an unsustainable situation. It doesn't matter if it's Jim Jordan. I heard somebody float Chip Roy. I mean, that's how laughable this is. Chip Roy is currently in the eight to ten percent majority right now. If you're looking at the the wings of the party being in a proxy fight with the Republican nomination, he is with team DeSantis and has made some of the dumbest statements on the planet, including praising Liz (laughs) Cheney, you know, for, I mean, the guy, the guy's a total fraud. I mean, come on, including, uh, speaking of Liz
2: Cheney, Cheney, did you hear that Liz Cheney had called Hakeem Jeffries after a media appearance last night and told Hakeem Jeffries to oust Speaker McCarthy? I mean, this, this, okay. So this folks, this is the insider baseball that goes on that I'm not, I'm not sitting here telling you, like, oh, McCarthy's wrong or Gates is wrong. No, I'm telling you that I understand both sides of this issue. I understand principally and agree with Gates on this stuff. But this – the Democrats are always – always always scheming and they will find cracks in the republican conservative movement and find ways to get us to turn our guns on each other i mean metaphorical guns you know and it just frustrates the hell out of me that it seems like we just always take the
4: bait rich it's it's also true that it's not this is not solely mccarthy's fault right because he was trying to hold it together in the beginning of his right. speakership right. even people who have always been critical of him came out and said you know what you got to give it to him got to give him credit where credit's due with this with that what republicans should be doing is going behind closed doors not in front of reporters not in front of the uh, you know the you know people you know are going to leak to the other conference and hatch these problems out don't air your dirty laundry in public the problem, again, though, is that, you know, because I don't I, I don't like the people who are saying that, you know, Gates is grandstanding. No, he's not. He got to a point where he ran out in a, of um, procedural ways to effect change. So he mm-hmm. he popped the he popped the pin, John, in the middle of the room. That's what he did. <laughs> and he eventually just said, that's it. We're all going together. You know, it was a proverbial <laughs> pin, <laughs> um, you know, so that's a, I, that's, I, a good, that's a good
1: that's a good and that's a good comparison,
4: actually, that's. <laughs> I think that if leadership and people will say, Rich, what else could leadership bend on? Well, how about be what you say you are when you run for office? It is not or shouldn't be lost on anybody right now. that Donald Trump's lead over Joe Biden in 2024 is about twice as big as the Republican lead over Democrats on the generic ballot in 2024. So there are voters who trust Trump, don't trust the party. And every time and we it's so easy to identify what it is. There are two things going on. You have Republican stalwarts that are that when I was talking about favor, favorability before, they don't like their own leaders, Sean. That's why Republican leaders are always so negative, and you know their their ratings are typically more negative. They won't circle the wagons around uh, their leader for the sake of that, you know, because simply they are the leader of their party. They won't do that. Republicans don't feel represented. Democrats do. So for Democrats, while the rest of the country hates their the leader's guts, they still stay behind them because they feel like they're representing them. I elected you to do that. Take the heat. Do whatever you got to do. Uh, you know, you got my support. It's the opposite with Republicans. They feel like every time it's election year, they tell them whatever they would think they want to hear. Then they go to Congress, stab them in the back. And it's just it, it was bound to reach a boiling point is, is, I guess, my my larger argument here. You can't this is not a sustainable situation. No party can survive not representing their voters. You, you know, you will become the Whigs. You will become, uh, you know, the series of parties that have faded to, to the pages of history because you didn't do what your voters expected you to do. So you, you flatly lost your constituency. You mm-hmm. you were a party without a constituency. And Republicans have got to realize the voter doesn't give a damn about Ukraine. OK, they don't care about that. There's an invasion at the southern border. The, 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 the Democrats are using the weapons the, the police state power to imprison old people, to attack the front runner. It's like, you know, rise to the occasion already. Rise to the occasion.
3: Uh, be yeah. the
4: man, be the leader you you ran and said you would be, and they're not. So it was only, for me, it's only a matter of time. And that's I tragic mean, because you cannot beat Democrats. It's, it's hard it's, to beat something like that with a tiny majority, Sean, but you're certainly not going to beat them divided.
2: Especially when the Democrats are always united 100 percent of the time. I mean, they they could have I mean, look at just look at Joe Biden, look at all of the the clear and just evidence of outright corruption and, and Hunter Biden does an interview with good morning America and says like, wow, now I didn't do anything wrong about being on that board of Burisma. No, it's just totally fine and totally appropriate. I was just like, my mind was blown. Like, like the balls on these people, man, like this is how, and and, and you know why they can get away with it? One, because even if the media pushes back against them, rich, even if, and kudos to that, the good morning America reporters, like, isn't this kind of like what America hates about politicians and, and Hunter Biden was like, well, Uh, what american saying that and i'm like well basically everybody have do you have like does everybody in washington have beltway brain (laughs) when was the last time they've left washington dc um but it's just it's just so frustrating to me that the democrats doesn't matter how bad things get they are just united and and you can't beat a movement that's united with with that's half-assed hard. stock platitudes and not being wholly dedicated to your base. It's just frustrating. And oh, Brock just texted me and said, we have over a, over a thousand people watching. I mean, so by the way, rich, I, I, like that's pretty amazing. If you're watching and you're new to this show, make sure you subscribe to my channel, like this video. And also if, if rich is the first time you've seen rich or you're in the trenches with battleground live, make sure you take a, fi- a couple of seconds and search for, for people's pundit on rumble, go subscribe to his channel there. Um, rich is just i think the best pollster in the business I, I could not speak more highly of him and and by the way generally speaking you know if you watch me or paid attention to me for a while i don't have a high opinion of most pollsters rich is one that i hold in very high regard so make sure you go subscribe to his stuff can't imagine why uh, yeah well okay well let me ask you another question about gates there's all of these rumors swirling about gates about running for florida governor yeah and he he is just i i agree that it, it, it's not just as simple as he's out there grandstanding, but he's clearly trying to fundraise off of this. Now, there's some there's some there's some FEC regular regulatory stuff that prohibits him from using funds raised in a, in a federal uh, run or run raised while he's a House member can't be used for state. All that stuff differs state by state. But. People are saying he's running for uh, governor of Florida, and he's out of the House of Representatives anyway. So, to use your analogy of yeah, he pulled the pin and threw it, and he didn't really care who's going down with him. I mean, could it could that be because he's throwing the pin and running away? (laughs) I mean, just leaving the. I mean, is is there any
4: merit to that argument? Uh, this is going to draw some DeSantis uh, fire, but it's true, so I'm going to say it anyway. Um, there is very clearly an expectation that Ron DeSantis obviously is going to lose this nomination and then basically waddle back to Florida with his tail between his legs and there's (laughs) going to be a new speaker and, uh, they, they don't want him, you know, he's not going to get, uh, this non adversarial relationship that he had with the legislature. Like he, he, that's what happens folks. I mean, you bet your political clout and you lose, then you, 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 you know, there's blood in the water. And uh, Gates, and he's not alone. Others have uh, definitely smelled the blood in the water, and it's you know, he's been a, a, a avid supporter of President Trump. So you know he's thinking I can maneuver as the MAGA candidate, and I'm going to sweep in because Florida's MAGAs can be. So it's mm-hmm. a, I mean, con, it's smart move. But still, I do think that he's being earnest when he says you know that there's nothing. I've been here seven years, and this is part that he of his argument that does resonate personally with me because I'm I'm going to be 42. I remember how the budget process worked. I remember when we were a uh, a functioning democracy or not even democracy, I hate that word. We were a functioning self-governing society, <laughs> you know, and we passed appropriation bills and we had debates over the budget and we had hearings and um, we did not have these ridiculous omnibus. And I think he's being honest when he goes to the microphone and, 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 and sounds frustrated, you know, like, I don't want my name, to be attached to this disaster. And if you are like, I think I agree with Gates on this, that this debt bomb is going to go off, especially with the weakening of the petrodollar and the uh, the pushing of Russia into China's arms, creating you know what is essentially a balancing coalition that we have no hope to balance against. So eventually that right. will come That's back right. to bite us. We're only able to sustain this level of debt because of those things. When the international system changes. The balance of power changes, Sean. Mm. We're going to have to atone for that debt. And I guarantee all of these people who are talking trash about Gates right now, we're going to be pretending that they were shoulder to shoulder with him trying to stop the debt bomb. I guarantee you, Chip Roy will make it sound like his amendment that got defeated would have provided 50% worth the cuts and we would all be safe (laughs) uh, from from the debt crisis just had they passed Chip Roy's amendment. It's in reality, <laughs> it's a joke. All right. I mean, his his amendment was a joke. I mean, I'm picking on Chip Roy. It's just it is more of the same. So I think Matt's frustration is real. I do. And by the way, I've pulled the uh, first district in Florida. They want him to do this, man. I'll tell you. I know it. Um, his voters love him. He wins two thirds of the vote for a reason. They want him mm-hmm. to do this, Sean. And he's yeah. he's got veterans in his district, and they're behind him. So. You know, I just, I, I again, I do see both sides of this. I just feel like that both sides could have given and taken a little bit more. And that just, you know, don't take your eye off the ball. And I, I, the president would have come out and saved McCarthy, I think. I don't know this. I'm just saying, I know he's been busy today. And he, for those who don't know, he has been. But gee, Sean, he posts that thing on True Social. And that was, those were words of wisdom right there. Why are you always fighting with each other? instead of dealing uh, with the real enemy. But, notice he didn't add to that, save McCarthy. You know, so yeah. I feel like he feels himself that McCarthy didn't do enough to stop this weaponization against him. And by the way, the one I was thinking was left out was Biggs. I don't think I said Biggs. Andy Biggs. Yeah, Biggs. Well, and yeah, well, Buck, right? Um, yeah, that's, that. which was, that's, that's it. You're right. And that one, that's the last one. And that was stunning to me because Buck is like, lost his mind recently it, it certainly seems like that i mean every time That's he's crazy. he's out
2: there doing uh, interviews on like msnbc and cnn and talking about there's no evidence to impeach biden i'm like what world are you living in bro what do they have on you that you have to say that kind of stuff i it's when, it's crazy me
4: i mean you brought I, up biden's interview before i thought about do you remember when um uh, what's her name, hit her bodyguard hit Nancy Car- or hired men to break Nancy Carrigan's oh, yeah. leg. And I think it was like <laughs> insider edition or somebody yeah. interviewed him. And they and he was like, well, I'm a, you know, a worldwide terrorism expert. I've been hired. But and the reporter's like, no, you're not. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, but I am. But I am. So when you were talking about Democrats just refusing to admit there's evidence, you know, it, it reminds me of that guy. It's just totally disregarding reality
2: no but i or or, or remember the 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 guy when we (laughs) invaded iraq the iraqi propaganda ministry he's like there's nothing to see here (laughs) Um, we are going to win this yeah Baghdad, (laughs) bob yeah it's almost like that that's how bad propaganda has gotten in this country you know it's like crazy it's like you see some of this stuff and you're just like seriously but it it, honestly yes seriously because that 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 Partly the reason why we are where we are today, where we have these people on the bench, like in this Trump trial. Uh, up in New York city in in the latest breaking news before we, before we jumped uh, into the show today and went live was that this, or this judge up in New York, this, then we played a a video of him, I think yesterday uh, laughing and joking in the camera just moments before he was about to like ruin somebody's entire life and legacy and basically make a unilateral decision to close his business, like conduct that would make the Politburo in Soviet era, Russia, uh, (laughs) communist Russia jealous. I mean, like the, the the idea that that a a, a, de- a single democrat judge could unilaterally close someone's business that they worked their entire life for is just beyond me um but i it, it's crazy to me that that we are where we are so give me okay so we talked a little bit about like, where do republicans go from here and it's it's very clear rich that there's not It doesn't look like there's going to be a clear end state in the house. To me, if it's if I'm a bet, if I'll tell you how I think this is going to go, it's going to go like it did a year ago when uh, about a year ago when uh, Speaker McCarthy won the speakership or was nominated as speaker. It'd be 15 different votes at some point McCarthy's going to offer something to someone that's going to get him across the goal line and he's going to end up speaker again. I mean, I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. Just because he's ousted now doesn't mean he's going to be ousted in perpetuity, right? There's nobody that's else right. that can emerge
4: here. They're in recess, and what they're all doing right now is exactly that, sending out feelers. Of course, there will no doubt going to be a cool-down period because he's going – I mean, allies of Kevin McCarthy wouldn't even let Matt Gates speak on the Republican side of the House today. He had to sit on the Democratic side to speak in the microphone. There's something, though, that is concerning. And if you look at Nancy Mace, not a bomb thrower by any stretch of the imagination, not, you know, she was on the line with Trump, played it very politically savvy, uh, survived the primary challenge, albeit pretty close, but she survived it. And she- Didn't McCarthy save her, though, Rich?
2: McCarthy saved her in her race, in a real tight race. This This is what kind of, like, this is what my a like mentor trots. and friend of mine. Yeah, like Mike Kelly, who's a congressman here in Western Pennsylvania. I love this guy. I've known him for oh, a yeah, year. Mike Kelly. Oh he, yeah. He used to say to me all the time, it's like, Yeah, Sean, you're gonna get into politics, and politicians will always tell you, Yeah, yeah, I got your back, I got your back, you got your back. And he's like, You'll know when you feel the knife. <laughs> and, and this is a this <laughs> kind of reminds me of right. that. Like exactly Nancy Mace, like you know, you raise decent amounts of money, but not record breaking sums, right? And so McCarthy in the Congressional Leadership Fund she was happy to spend his money
4: i mean Shelled out. I, I,
2: I, that,
4: that kind of stuff bothers me you know i would i would like details but from what i understand and gathering what i've what i've heard there were a couple of things that mccarthy told her listen let me get your help on these things help me out here and then um when this vote comes up uh, i'll i'll deliver Although, and there were a couple of things that he promised her and it was like three times, Sean, where he just gave her the shaft. No pun intended. Oh my god! <laughs> when, well, after her comment at the Breakfast Club, which I defended, by the way, right?
0: That's fair.
2: Yeah, what did she say? She said something about like that her
4: husband tried hooking to up with her husband, yeah, in the morning, or not even husband, her fiance. And a prayer a breakfast. And a prayer breakfast. <laughs> Republicans. Why are you going to, why, why are you going to be so cringe? Please. I, I couldn't believe she said that when she did, uh, but she was always, I, I thought she would end up more like a slotkin kind of figure. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't compare with you know, Democrat like that, but I did not think that she would end up here this quickly, but I mean, I'm telling you, she's not alone. I've been told that McCarthy There's an issue of trust. Okay, I guess let me just put it, you know, without being specific. There's a trust issue. He lies, Sean, a lot. And this is something that I have heard from a lot of members. He lies and they just got tired of it. You know, Mm -hmm. so it's like hard to blame. You can't blame one person here with everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. You can't. Mm -hmm. But if that's the case, legislation really does rely on a certain amount of trust. Todd Zawicki did great research on this in George Mason University. You know, if if you're going to get legislation effectively passed or an agenda effectively passed, members of your conference have got to be able to trust you that you will respect the status quo. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, hey, Sean, listen, I'm going to help you with legislation that you have. You want to bring back the bacon or something for, for voters out in West Virginia or you want to do something. Uh, I'll support your bill on that if you help me with my economic development program in Eastern North Carolina. Can I get your vote on that? I got I got your back with my mm-hmm. vote. When they start screwing each other over, for lack of a better word, or if you're the speaker and you say, give me your support on this and I'm going to bring something up that I promised you, for instance, border control, um, and then not do it in the manner or at all or in the manner I told you when we agreed to support this for that. That's a problem. The whole thing breaks down, and that, from what I understand, McCarthy has done this over and over. So it was more than just him being out of a breach, uh, you know, being in breach of their agreement to make that made him speaker. This was about individual stuff and every so, you know, I, when if that's true, and that's as widespread. It's apparently more widespread than I even realized because I did not count eight votes. <laughs> Brother, I counted yeah, seven yeah. tops. So uh, and some voted uh, no. So, you know, I mean, it was a little bit surprising. So apparently it was more than I thought. If that's the case, he's going to have to give away a lot to be able to come, become speaker again. They're going to need some kind of reassurances that he's, uh, you know, willing to respect the status quo, you know, hmm. basically.
2: Well, okay, so let's shift gears a second, and I want to get to the RFK factor. Oh, um, I've yeah. been telling people for weeks on this show and trying to read the tea leaves, saying that if the DNC screws over RFK, which of course they will. This is a yep. the Democrat Party is a party, in Joe Biden, it's, it wouldn't even give, even with all the history of the Kennedy family, even Secret Service protection while he's campaigning. So, <laughs> uh, the Democrat Party when they when they play, they play for keeps. They play hardball. Um, so. It's no surprise. It's no surprise to me that they're going to screw him over. And it's no surprise that they're going to rig their own primary in favor of Joe Biden. That's what they've always done. They screwed over Bernie Sanders in two cycles because they thought that he was going to have a, he was going to ride a wave of left wing populism to the nomination. And they were afraid of how he perform in a general. Um, but RFK, uh, what I've been telling people that he's going to likely run as an independent. And my thought on this, rich. and you and and you and I have exchanged text messages just for the viewers and listeners on this topic, because when he ran as an independent, I immediately texted you. And our perspectives differed a little bit, and you said you were going to poll the issue and stuff like that because you're a data guy. Um, but my sense is, is that if you look at the polling with Robert Kennedy Jr and he's getting, you know in a primary against Joe Biden, you know, somewhere between fifteen and twenty percent of Democrats, how does that not hurt Democrats or take more from Biden in in a general election between Trump, Biden, RFK? And uh, you know, give give us your sense of the RFK factor.
4: Yeah, that that's and and that, I mean, honestly, that on on the surface is you know the obvious, uh, you know, or at least assessment. Of course, if he's pulling away some of these Democrats mm-hmm. who want another choice, um, then that's going to hurt. You know, that's going to hurt Biden disproportionately in the general. But there are a couple other things to consider. And by the way, we're going to we're going to pull this really soon. I'm trying to get the questionnaire done so we can get this out starting tomorrow and wrap it by Friday and have some results by Friday. I'm really hoping that's the case. Uh, there's a few things. One is this. We've been asking people about if your guy is not the nominee, who are you going to vote for or what would you do? And the choices are I'd I'd vote for the inevitable party nominee. Right. Whoever wins the nomination. And mm-hmm. we did this with Republicans and Democrats. The other choices were I could consider voting for the third party. I would vote for the Republican nominee or the Democratic nominee if it's so-and-so, right? Because you got to offer different choices. I wouldn't vote at all. I'd write their name on the ballot, right? And we've talked about this before with the Trump or Bus vote. With RFK, 30% at least in every single poll we've conducted said that if RFK is not the nominee, I'll vote for Donald Trump if he is the Republican nominee. You want that because of where his support is coming from. If you're Trump, you want that. So you basically want RFK to get screwed and then not run. Um, That's what you want because those people are going to come to you like Bernie's people did in 16. You're courting soon to be disaffected voters that are populist like you. And that's ultimately another problem for Trump. He's a populist and he's an outsider supposedly, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. could take some of that there. He's not getting support from the Northeast. He's getting it from the Midwest and the South. That's a problem. So I don't know. It could be that I totally end up, this is totally wrong. And and it does um, hurt Biden. But in the where he was getting 13 to 15% of the Democratic nomination vote wasn't from the Democratic stalwarts, the party stalwarts. It was from independents, disaffected moderates who uh, lean uh, to the Democratic Party, but they're not really... Basy, they're not, you know, solid Democrats. He was having a difficult time breaking in to traditional Democratic constituencies—non-whites, young people, self-identified liberals. So that's part. That's something we got to remember. And then also, there's this—the hive mind. And viewers of Inside the Number know this term. We we've been using it, and I notice others use it too. Great, because more the more the merrier. Democrats are a hive, and I don't mean this. Democrats, if you're watching, you get insulted tough beans, if you don't like it, you should look in the mirror and reconsider what you are because you all are a hive mind. You don't have independent thought, right? You follow the leader, you follow the movements and you circle the wagons. And when he starts attacking the DNC, which is the game plan, he will become a pariah and Democrats will say, this guy is trying to help Trump. And then Democrats are going to close ranks. And so I there's all of that going on so again I'll try I always trust the data and we'll see we'll, we'll see what happens but um there is thing by the way there are things Trump can do to counter this so yeah that was lot- my next question I yes, mean look like I'd be all I mean, over like right R- R- R-
2: yeah well RFK is not like I, you know. I I like that he is a Democrat that I feel like if I were in a, a a, an elected official capacity in some way, shape or form. He, on certain issues, he he would seem like he's pragmatic. But when you go do deep dives into some of his positions, like his position and stance on I would ban fracking, that is a killer in Pennsylvania. It's a total, complete deal breaker for me. But it's also a deal breaker for a lot of, of real moderate Democrats who are union Democrats that have been working in and around oil and gas jobs for the past 20 years. I mean, there's no way they're going to be voting for somebody that, that would ban fracking. He's also horrible on guns. He's also said some terrible things about Trump. Guns- I mean. I, right and so yeah. what can what can trump do what so what, what can he do to because if if we're going to say okay i'm wrong he rfk and by the way my wife uh melanie agrees that she thinks this hurts trump i i would say more than it hurts biden yeah. um but and she's got real good political instincts on stuff like this um But I I just don't know because he is so extreme on a lot of things. Republicans haven't really attacked him at all. Um, But if you if the position is that RFK hurts Trump more than Biden, then Trump has to do something because his margin is already going to be razor thin. And RFK in the race could be the nail in the
4: coffin uh, before the race even starts. He won Michigan in 16 because of those disaffected Bernie voters. They were left wing populists. Michelle in Lansing Hills, Michigan. I'll never forget her. She was lifelong Democrat, totally a Lib, but her husband uh, lost her job, lost his job uh, because of trade, which he blamed trade for. Back then, tr- Bernie was like Trump on trade, right? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, on immigration. So she said, I'm voting for Donald Trump because he's not really a Republican anyway. And, you know, uh, you know, that that's I, I'm not voting for this corporatist woman. I'm not doing it. This is the exact kind of Democrat who cost my husband his job. I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. So uh, people like that, I think RFK can appeal to because on some of those other issues, she wouldn't mind. Right. So what does Trump have to do? move to influence the hive mind immediately and you wouldn't even be lying by doing it i know someone who's a friend of the family he is pissed because he's a trump supporter actually and he think he feels like rfk lied to him and he thinks that he either is a plant and he's been duping everyone from the beginning or he's trying to bully trump into giving him the vp slot that's what really is happening that's what this Believe me, inside. Oh, uh, interesting. Interesting. That's very interesting because there have been that rumors about,
2: well, Trump needs to take RFK as president.
4: Publicly, I'm sure. Actually, I think he's going to come out soon himself because, Sean, he right off the bat, he said, look me in the eye and tell me this isn't bull, you know, and he didn't like the answer. So, yeah, he thinks that it's either some kind of trick to get Trump to give him the VP nod or uh, this has been a grift all along. So. What could Trump do? Paint him as that. And it, you're, you're not even lying. I mean, you he whether he is acting like it or not, is could you know, it is that spoiler guy. He's trying to be the reverse of Ross Perot. And if Trump does that, then Republic, you know, he'll have the opposite effect of the hive. Democrats, they'll start sympathizing that Trump is hitting RFK because some I'm talking about not Democrats like you know, your ancestral oh, Democrats man. in Western Virginia or parts of North Carolina that have been voting, you know, for Trump. I'm talking about the southeastern Pennsylvania Democrat. I'm talking about Oakland County, Michigan Democrat, parts of Macomb County. Those Democrats you have to get to sympathize with RFK. So they so if Trump is hitting him, then they're um, they're they'll close ranks around him and Republicans will close ranks around Trump. Also You named it with some of the positions. This is a guy who said the Parkland families are right. The NRA is a terrorist organization. This is, um, you know, there's a lot, Sean, that uh, that he could do. And frankly, I'd have been I'd have been firing away already if it was me. I would. Okay. so
2: so how so circling back to uh, using Jen Saki's term and circling back to the, the I think the chaos that that's playing out in the house right now, which again, I don't really have a problem with it. I think by by and large, it's good for the American people to get a sense of, have a sense of transparency, get a sense of, you know, how certain people vote. I'm not opposed to any of this, but how do you think that this plays with the American people? I've seen polls that, that have chastised Gates by saying that, you know, McCarthy by and large is not wholly unpopular with conservatives. In fact, I've seen a couple of polls saying that, well, he's not like pulling off the charts as popular. People are maybe they disbelieve that he would do a good job at first, but maybe he's earned some respect after having served in the role of speaker for some time now. So how do the people if you're reading the tea leaves on this now? I mean, I'll tell you how it, you know how this makes me feel as as both a voter and somebody who's run for office a couple of times. It just pisses me off. It's like, look, I just think like, well, damn, the Republicans just can't get it together. Even yeah. with everything that's on the line, Republicans just can't get it together. And it frustrates me. But how do you think how do you think the American people see all of this?
4: Uh, it, it, with when you're t- thinking about the Republicans in general, that's probably going to give them a little bit of a renewed faith there'll be some that are pissed sean you know there'll be the mark levins and others you can see them you know wildly Mm -hmm. swing but there is they they're never really the problem they're going to vote republican anyway the problem Mm -hmm. uh are are those voters who feel like republicans just repeatedly lie to them and betray them this may actually help with them but i'll tell you in the short term it's probably going to hurt overall with the american people it's they just don't especially independents they don't like disorder I called them – I wish Trump would have listened in 2020. I called them the seasick voter. It's not that they disliked how Trump was handling the presidency. They didn't like the the state of the nation constantly, you know, one crisis to another, one hoax to another, one – and it wasn't even his fault. I'm not saying it was, but he isn't the kind of guy to coddle you and say, right. look, Russia was a hoax. Get over it. The economy's roaring. That's him, you know? When in fact, though, there are some independents who really needed somebody more of a consoler in chief. You know, we called them the seasick voters because it was simple. The boat was just constantly rocking, and they were getting nauseous. They were getting sick. And instead, of, I mean, if you're seasick, hanging your head off the end of the boat, throwing up into the ocean, do you want someone saying, "Knock it off, weenie"? You know, the economy's ripping, or do you want someone to hold the back of your head and tell you, "Don't worry, the storm's going to calm, and it's going to be okay soon. We're going to get through this together." Trump should have did that in 2020 and he would not have lost some of the people that he did lose because he did. Let's not throw out it's, the baby with the bathwater. That's you such know? a
2: great point. That's such a great point. And, and I'll just tell you this you know, w- having run for Congress in that cycle, uh, we did. We were pulling all throughout yes. the race. And w- one of the s- very steep drop offs, and, and this is significant, I think, in Pennsylvania, but especially in Western Pennsylvania, but with seniors, Trump was yes. uh, cruising to re election. And I mean cruising to re election prior to COVID. But when COVID mm-hmm. happened, th- it was the tumultuous nature of, of the actual the pandemic and the lockdowns and the nursing homes and the death tickers on CNN every day which by the way disappeared the moment Biden walked into the White House you <laughs> noticed that of course. um but like but his support with with seniors just because of like the up and down seasick type the boat was making him sick so to speak um just, his support fell off a cliff so what I'm
4: saying we saw that we saw that reflected in the polls as well yeah, there were some people who said look I and, and again, I know we got more votes. I know he's definitely I don't care what even some of the polls suggest. He's obviously the most popular uh, beloved right. Republican yeah. president ever, probably in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, because you just don't get that many votes if you're not popular. It doesn't happen, folks. I'm sorry. Um, so he we're talking about a, a small group, though, that he needed, especially considering what Democrats threw at him. And he did slip even from Pennsylvania to Florida. To Michigan, he slipped with an older demographic that really is just not used to the country being like that. You know, again, the boat constantly rocking. And uh, and especially if they're independent, not so much if they're, you know, self identified Republicans, but older independents, they didn't like the boat rocking constantly. It didn't matter. It was the media's fault. Everyone even kind of knew it was, but that wasn't the point. It was how Trump reacted to it sometimes that bothered them. And when COVID came, uh, you know, it, it gave them the perfect uh, storyline to tell those voters like you're at risk. Look at how many of you actually died already. And by the way, Trump yeah. did lose a lot of votes, Sean, by them dying from covid that happened, um, you know, without a doubt that targeted groups that were more Trump voters. It's just almost like, you know, I don't, no, I'm not going down that rabbit hole, but I'm just saying the Chinese just so happen to unleash a virus on the world. Uh, That that, you know, didn't target younger liberals. It targeted older people and they were afraid, you know, for a while there, they were afraid and they needed more reassurance and not all of them, but a lot of them. And elections are one of the margins. So you slip in Pennsylvania, 58, you know, 40 with seniors. If you slip to 54, 46, you're going to lose. And that's what happened.
2: Hmm. Well, So look, it's six o'clock. You've been with us for the for almost the full hour. Uh, folks, if you made it, we're still over a thousand strong uh, the whole hour. If, if you're new to the program, subscribe to Battleground Live. We'd love to have you. If you're uh, in the trenches with Battleground Live and have been from the beginning, make sure you subscribe to People's Pundit on Rumble. Um, and do whatever you can to to support rich i think he's one of the best pollsters in the business i want to give a thanks and a shout out to uh pops he gave five bucks in the super chat so thank you 100 of what we get in the super chats goes to building a new studio so that i don't have to do my show next to the cat litter box which is kind of a running joke on the show <laughs> Um, but it, again, it can get pretty <laughs> chaotic around here Rich, when you've got five kids and I a hear dog you. and two cats. And so, so thank you pops. Appreciate that. Uh, rich, where can people find you and how can people support you? Because we have a very, very active audience and just, tell them, tell them what they can
4: do. Central hub is uh locals, people's pundit.locals.com. And uh, like I was talking about the polling, that's all through the public polling project, which we crowdfund. So if you can contribute, that would be great. And we, you know, if it doesn't make the target, then we just fill that, um, you know, the rest of that. So we're obviously trying to build that contributor base up as much, but if you go to locals, you'll see it right there anyway. So the best place to just go is locals, people's pundit. Dot locals.com and Sean, let me just say we're also re-adding the social bias indicators because, like, talked about the shy Trump vote in 16 and 20. That was when the media ridiculed you. You know, that's it. Right. Now we have law enforcement persecuting you. So I can't help but to wonder whether or not, wow. even though Trump is doing so much better than he always did in the polling, is it possible he's actually doing even better? And wow. Okay. Be Before you tell go,
2: us. tell us Tell us about this. This is a great point. The yeah. shy Trump voter, the idea that we, we it was very hard to capture back in 2020 and 2022. Right. Before I let you go, just to give people a sense of what you mean. People were just, first of all, they didn't trust pollsters. They didn't, conservatives especially, didn't want people calling them, asking them, probing political questions about who they believed in because yeah. they were afraid of just being ridiculed socially. Now you're right. That's a great point that yeah, we yeah, have actual hard. institutions of our government Going after these people, and so yeah, if you thought that they didn't talk back in twenty twenty you could <laughs> they're definitely not talking now, so how are you measuring
4: that so we we had what we were called we called the social bias indicators, and we asked a series of questions that basically were designed to measure someone's comfort level during the interview, giving certain responses such as your political beliefs, how you you know such as how you intend to vote you know and we asked a series you know how about when you're talking to your neighbors? co-workers, your friends, your families, strangers, and pollsters, of course, and we would measure whether they were, you know, between, it's very much like a favorability scale, but you know, between being very uncomfortable with a particular question to being, you know, somewhat uncomfortable or somewhat comfortable, very comfortable, and what we could see these groups routinely you know, presenting during these indicators, we call them throwing signals, like, you know, just like a um, adverse effect is measured when you're testing, uh, you know, vaccines or something. And they would throw these signals in the VAR system. That's what they call them, throwing signals. That's how we kind of modeled it. And we would see these same groups, Sean, over and over again, throw these wow. signals. One of them, white suburban women. And he always, maybe he would lose <laughs> them, but he never did as bad as the polls always suggested And that's because they don't want to go to the Tupperware party and have their friends find out (laughs) that they voted for Donald Trump. Right. And another one, young black men, they were constantly throwing these signals. Well, what about now? That's when you could just be made fun of or your aunt would yell at you. Now you could get 15 years, you know, so um, I can't help but to say to myself, now it's time to put them back and see, because I think we're, you know, we're, we're in a wholly different period now. I bet you what a, it's there. We're gonna find out. Uh, what a it's a
2: ge- it's genius. This is why we love you, Savage Rich, Savage <laughs> Rich Barris, AKA also the People's Pundit. For those of you all who are who are who are watching, but Rich, thanks for your time, man. We always love having you. And if you Anytime, made it brother. this far, everybody, seriously, like like this video. Rumble notices that stuff. Like and subscribe to Battleground Live or my Rumble channel. Like and subscribe to Rich's channel. Like Rich he was kind enough to say he was going to come on somewhat regularly. I don't know if that means every week or every two weeks, but we've been having him on and we love having him. So, so rich, uh, thanks for giving us your time, man. Have a great night. Anytime brother. Thanks for having me as always. Seems all right. Good. See you, my friend. Yep. Take care. All right, everybody. That's it. Uh, hour went pretty damn fast again. I need more time. Um, but thank you all for tuning in again, like subscribe, Wearing politics as hell, Kevin McCarthy, Matt Gates, they understand that this is a, a battleground apparel company uh, shirt. We just launched the company. It is a it is a t shirt company for American patriots and people who believe that this nation is exceptional and worth defending. You can get all of that stuff on official. SeanParnell.com. We're going to be rolling out a new website for all that stuff too. But for now you can get this merchandise at officialseanparnell.com. Have shirts that say shock the system, have shirts that say do not comply. We got a little bit of everything, but, but so if you're, if you're looking for new stuff, Uh, to send a message to people because i I guarantee you lockdowns are are coming back Uh, do not comply shirts send a very clear (laughs) a very clear message to people Uh, but as always thank you all for being in the trenches with us we have a thousand people watching throughout this entire episode uh people love rich Barris, but thank you all for watching god bless you all and god bless this amazing country that we live in we got a great show tomorrow uh battleground live at five see you tomorrow night take care